Hello and welcome back to the show. It's been a while since I've had a little bit of a life update chat with you. So we're going to kick it off with that because today is a little bit more cash. We're talking about business, we're talking about mindset. But if you are watching the YouTube version of this, you might recognize that I have a new office. And that is because we moved. And if you follow my Instagram stories, you will know that I lived next to a I want to say, let's just call him a personal trainer who was running boxing classes from his house, which is not a problem, I guess. I'm all about working from home, obviously. However, I I feel like the block that I lived on was a big block that was subdivided and made into two properties because we were literally like a meter from his garage, our back fence. And my back fence was like half a meter from my office window. So yeah, not ideal. I mean, I think it would be fine, except for the fact that one, it was every single morning and every single evening, except for Sundays. So Saturday night, Sundays, no, but the rest of the week it was, and it was all throughout the day. So it was like one-on-one boxing, PT sessions, plus group classes. They were having a party. They had a great time, but just wasn't my vibe. So we moved because I just couldn't deal with it anymore, along with obviously a couple of other reasons, but we moved. And now I don't have that anymore, which is absolutely glorious, might I add. Oh, you honestly just do not appreciate, like you don't appreciate quiet, quiet neighbors until you don't have quiet neighbors. And it was like, not even for partying reasons. I'm like, I can't even get angry at you. You're just helping people get fit and like make money. Like I feel bad. Anyway, if you've listened to my previous episodes, you'll know that I confronted him about the noise and he was really, I guess, receptive to the feedback, but you know what? I just didn't want to deal with it. So we moved. So we've moved house. We moved house. It was like a five minute trip up the road. So we did a thousand trips in the ute and the van to actually take everything over. Did the end of lease clean, which was also, I mean, I probably should have just paid for someone to do that, but I was like, no, I'm not going to pay someone. I'm going to do it myself. Um, so we didn't anyway did the end of lease clean and now we also adopted a puppy which is super exciting and we got the puppy because I have an older dog she's five but she loves playing like honestly loves playing so much that every time we go to like anywhere where there's dogs she's just like all for playing so um my partner and I had discussed a a friend let's get her a friend and we'll get another little puppy because I don't I, like we can train her up and we don't want like to be we didn't want to rescue like an older dog that had any sort of like behavioral issues. So we wanted to rescue like maybe like a puppy or something like that. So we got a puppy and man, did it did, it was definitely not <laughs> I did not see having any issues with bringing a puppy into my dog's environment because she loves dogs and the problem is always getting her away from them. But she was like, okay, like, great. I had fun playing for an hour. And now this, why is this not, why is this puppy not going home? So we've had a few little teething problems that we've been sorting out, but they're getting better. But it's honestly, oh my gosh, it's exhausting. It is so exhausting. And like, I've been, anytime I've got admin work, I've been sitting in the kitchen area monitoring the playing outside because I feel like I'm too nervous to leave them alone (laughs) which is like nothing's happened I'm just like a helicopter mom and um anyway it's been like I don't know how moms do this with kids like they've got two kids or they've got to watch them all the time and do stuff around the house like I'm like at least I can just like shut these outside and they're fine but anyway 
So yeah, we've had a puppy. We've been, we're doing the adopting thing. And in two weeks time, I am going on a holiday to Thailand. My partner and I booked our first overseas trip together to Thailand, which I'm super excited about going to. I'm definitely in need of a holiday. And, but I have all this stuff that I'm trying to get done before the holiday kicks off, but I'm also a little bit tapped out because I'm going on a holiday. And I remember back in the day at uni when we had exams, I'm like the person that like works like a dog for months and months and months. And then I'll be like studied everything. And I'll be like a couple of weeks before exams and I'll just review things. And I'd be so done with it that I'm like, the two weeks before exams, I wouldn't really do anything. I would just be like, oh, well, if I don't know it now, like too bad. And I would like tap out and I'm like, I'm done. Just get me to the exam. Let me finish. So like a couple of days before everyone else is like cram studying and I'm like at the beach, not doing anything, pretending to read my notes like I cared, but I was so bored of going over them so many times because I'd prepared too early. So anyway, so I'm a little bit like that now. I'm like waiting for my holiday waiting for the time to kick over, have a million things to do, but I'm sort of like, oh, maybe I'll just do them when I get back from my holiday. But anyway, I'm trying really hard to not do that. I'm pushing through, but it's very hard. I'm ready for a holiday and I could go easily now, (laughs) but that's okay. Anyway, so that's a little bit of a life update. That has literally been, what is it today? It's October. I'm recording this on the 17th of October and we moved on... I think the second, second, yeah, second or fourth, whatever it was, somewhere in there. So it's literally been like that, moving, cleaning house, adopting puppy, planning a trip. I mean, we've already planned a trip, but we're packing. You know, like you have to go buy stuff for your holiday, like travel containers and new shorts and like singlets because you're like, I don't really have anything to go on a holiday with. So I've been doing all this. Anyway, so that's the life update. But today... We're going to get stuck into a little bit of a topic around, I want to say life by design, life by design. And that is basically like, this could be career or could be personal. I'm going to talk about it mostly from a career perspective. And this is because I have had a couple of conversations recently with people who are either thinking about working for themselves or moving, they have started to work for themselves or they're in their own business and having to make decisions about the pathway that they choose. And a lot of the questions come about with like, I don't know whether I really want to be doing X job. And that might be like, so when I think about like a clinician from an EP perspective, I don't really know whether I want to run a clinic that has group classes. And I think, or maybe it might be like, I really like doing clinical work, but I also love doing personal training or um, maybe like strength coaching. So like I have to pick one and, or it might be like you do two different types of therapies. I don't know, whatever you're in, it could be whatever. And I think back to like my problems when I was in my traditional workplaces. So that would be like, before I moved online, I was like my story. If you haven't already listened to it, you can go back and listen to episode one, but I was working in a gym, doing personal training, wanted to be more clinical and felt like I couldn't be clinical in the gym because it wasn't the right space or environment for it, which it probably wasn't at the time. Like I didn't have a clinical workspace. I didn't have like an office room or like a private consult room to talk about more personal things, but I could have made it work. 
Then I moved into a physio clinic because I wanted to be more clinical and I wanted a clinical room and I wanted a Pilates reformer machine and like to be more rehab based and like have a better, I guess, I don't know. I just felt like that was what I should do. So I did it. And then I got in there and I was like, I really miss strength and conditioning training, but I can't really do strength and conditioning training in this gym, in this space, because it's not really the right space for it. Um, So I just sort of felt like I had to choose one. And then after that, I was working in a couple of other jobs, basically out of clinics, like GP clinics and chiro clinics. But I also went back to working in a gym and I rented two spaces. So I worked in the in the physio a couple of days a week. And then I worked in a gym space a couple of days a week because I wasn't really feeling super satisfied in just the clinic work. But then the gym work was sort of, I felt like, oh, I'm not really using my clinical skills. I should have, I went to uni for this. So I should be doing it. And when I think back to that time, I was really um, stuck in this mentality of like, oh, well, this is the way it should be. I should be doing clinical work because I've spent all this time learning about clinical conditions and I guess, paying for a uni degree to do this. And I'm not really using those skills. But in reality, the way I was personally, I was training people as a PT and the way I was training people was way beyond like personal training, really. Because I was providing a lot of rehab work. I was providing a lot of wellness-based stuff. And when I think back to that, I was like, well, I was I was actually doing more than a PT anyway, but I just didn't really think about it like that. And I think now moving online, a hundred percent online, like not just like doing some telehealth, but like a hundred percent online was very against the grain, I guess, from an EP perspective that was actually rehab intervention based. And it wasn't just like health coaching where you can just sit and chat with somebody, but it was more about um, like exercise prescription and assessment. It was really non-conventional. And a lot of people questioned whether it would work. And a lot of people were like, maybe this isn't the space for you. You shouldn't be doing this online or is it in the best interest of the clients and blah, blah, blah. And at the time I was like, but this is really what I want to do. I really want to work from home. I really want to be online. I want to be able to move where I want to or go on holidays and work from if I'm on holidays and I need to work, I can work. Or if I was to like go back and visit my family for a month, I could be working if I needed to. And I didn't have to worry about a space and being stuck in a space. There was always this barrier for like, um, committing to a clinic space, like a, my own clinic, because I was like, well, what if I move? And I remember telling everybody this, like, what if I move? I can't take it with me. And so it was always a bit of a barrier for me, but I also felt like that was what I had to do. I felt like I had to get my own clinic, set up some group classes for a membership, see clinical work, get GP referrals, push the GP referrals into a group class keep the group classes going and build this huge timetable and then employ other EPs. That's what I felt like I had to do. And I did not see any options outside of that other than this fantasy of working online and being able to be online, treat health problems or EP related musk problems, mostly pelvic health. I really wanted to do pelvic health online to people that knew I was online that were okay to come online. And at the time it seemed like so unrealistic but I really wanted to do it. So I did and I'm still doing it, which is great. And I've got so many different other things that I want to implement in there, but it is not a traditional way of doing EP work. And I find that exciting, number one, but two, I also find it really empowering to then help other people see that 
you don't have to stick to the conventional ways of doing your work in a sense of a business model or the service that you provide. If you have multiple skills and you are passionate about different areas that might not necessarily fit the typical mold, you can do it. You can choose whatever the hell you want. You have full autonomy, especially if you're working alone or you're deciding to go out on your own and run your own business. Like you, the the idea of being successful as a clinician is to set up a service that solves someone's problem in a way that maybe they haven't had anyone treat before or a experience that they haven't had before. Master it. And then the word will spread that this is what you do. And as long as you're in like your own like scope of practice and what you're able to do and you've got your qualifications and you're creating like your version of whatever it is that you do, you can do that. You don't have to go, well, I need to do this or this is the way it works or that is who I should be seeing or I need to pick between this, this therapy and this therapy. Because if you can combine all these different areas of skills that you have and passions that you have and ways of doing things. It might take a while to pick up because people will be like, what the heck is this? And will that even work? But once it works and you have a really great brand around it, you have a really great service around it, you will have more word of mouth referrals than having to advertise for it because people will talk about it, especially if it works. And a lot of people will will spread good word. I mean, it, I mean, some people don't, but a lot of the time they will. And that's what successful, I guess, businesses, or even if you're just an awesome sole trader by yourself, you don't have to be a business, but that's what it's about. It's about creating a service that meets a need for people, that gets them results, that's a great experience for them that they go and talk about or tell people about or you get you can promote your own business based on the things that you do for them so I think doing things in a way that you feel like you have to is such a barrier for feeling satisfied in your work because like I felt like I had to just see clinical clients and get GP referrals and every time I had a GP referral come through for something that wasn't women's health I was like oh I don't really want to do that but I should do that because that's what EPs do. And then when I was setting up group classes, I did small group classes for a little bit. It was like clinical five-on-one type stuff with like individualized programming. And that was because I'd basically seen every other EP clinical clinic clinic do that. I was like, oh, I hate being stuck in this timetable. Like I hate working the same 5 a.m. starts Monday through Friday and then doing the evenings because this is what you have to do for group classes to work and you have to offer a timetable if you want to be able to have a membership. But honestly, I was just like, oh, I don't really like this. Like I I like the idea of this, but I also don't want to be stuck in this, stuck here. And if I go away, I can't run the group classes then I feel bad charging people a membership for this. So I think that it's just like we get stuck in these ways of like, this is what we should be doing. And this is how it works. But in reality, it's like, well, no, it doesn't. And I've I've had a couple of really awesome meetings with other people who are running businesses that are non-conventional at the moment. And it is so sick. It's awesome to see them do something that's really different, that is filling a whole different gap or a whole different need that might not be offered by anyone else or very minimal services. And it might take a while to get up and running because people don't know about it and people don't usually trust something when they haven't seen it work before. But 
it's really cool to see something different run. And I think that if you are feeling like this, you have to have the guts to all obviously do it and have a go. You also have to commit to it and like basically follow it through and keep going when times get hard because it does. And I mean, for me, I don't really have a backup plan. <laughs> like, like when people say to me, oh, well, what if it doesn't work? I'm like, well, I'll just keep trying something else <laughs> um, because I don't really want to go and work for someone else at this point in my time, my life or work in a traditional role. I don't really have that as a plan. So when um, things aren't really working for me or if I'm in a struggling, like I'm struggling with a situation in whatever it is in my business, then I'll pretty much keep problem solving it and pivot a little bit or shift things around or readdress my services or the experience that I offer because I feel like I don't really want to do everything else and I've finally learned that and sat it sat with me and it's been okay to sit with me. And now I'm like, well, you know what? I don't have to do things the same way that you should be doing it because there's no rules. You don't have to do that. I mean, there's obviously rules in your workplace about what you have to do, but um, it is really, it really is designing your own life, life by design. I think you can do it. And I also think this is really applicable in a workplace because I mean, it's a little bit more restrictive in a workplace because it really depends on whether or not you have a boss who fosters this type of work. But um, finding a workplace and doing this in someone else's workplace is doable because there are people like me, for example, who would employ someone to do something non-conventional. And if you were to say, um, approach me and say, I would really like to do this and I would love to do it in your business, but I don't really want to run my own thing. Um, but like, this is what I'm willing to do. This is like an entrepreneur, someone working in someone else's business that's basically treating it like them themselves and using it to foster growth. Then I'd probably be like, hell yeah, let's do it. Let's do some really awesome things together and let's do it together and provide you with what you want to do. So, I mean, I'm like that. Maybe there aren't any bosses that do that. They're obviously going to be requirements based on what their business model is and what their goals are for their business. But I think if you have an idea about something that might just be like the way you deliver your service, it might be like the hours that you work or how flexible that you are. I think that is worth putting it on some paper, thinking about what you would like to do and then asking or approaching your boss, whoever's in charge of you and discussing that with them. They're going to say no, whatever, like that's their loss. But at the end of the day, I think as a business owner, I would appreciate initiative like that. And I think a lot of other business owners probably would too. And they'd be willing to sit down and talk to you about how that could fit maybe into that model. So I think if you are someone who's feeling a bit stuck with like, I don't really want to do this, but I've got all these ideas. I don't know how they would all work. Think about how they could be working together and maybe what you could actually do and just start with one and add things in. So you don't have to just go like all in on one thing and like choose that, but you could pick bits and pieces of things, put something together, see what it happens and works and then go from there. So I just really wanted to talk about this today because I think I've had maybe five conversations with super random people that are like either in my community, in the mentorship, through Facebook or Instagram, and also just like random people that I've met out in the street um, or through other people that this has come up. So something was like, you know, talk about this. So I am. So that's what I'm talking about. And I think um, I am in a position where I'm thinking about the future of my 
my business and what I want to do with this and maybe restructuring a couple of things or taking like a new pathway that might even be more abnormal, but um, I think would be awesome and I'm going to dabble in it. So I'm using it as inspiration to help you if you feel the same. So life by design, maybe you could look that up. I'm pretty sure I've read something about life by design. Life by design. I feel like I watched some webinars on this and it was about creating the life that you love based on things that make you happy. Anyway, look it up, see what you can find. And if I do find anything, I will share it with you. But otherwise, I hope this has given you some inspiration about maybe giving something a go that might not feel conventional if it's really resonating and sitting well with you. Because I did it and I bloody loved it and I'm so glad that I did it. And I think there was too many people in my ear saying, you shouldn't do that. It won't work. Or that's not conventional. How are you going to treat people online? And if I'd listened to them, I'd be running group classes at a clinic that I didn't care about. Ah, <laughs> uh, my own, obviously. And I'd feel really unfulfilled. And that sounds terrible. <laughs> so hopefully you can now go on there and think about how this might feel if you change what you're doing um, to feel more satisfied or take a direction that you might feel more passionate about. So anyway, that is the wrap on today, Life by Design. Go away, think about what you can do, change a couple of things, see how you go. And um, if you think that there's anyone that you know who has maybe talked about this to you and you're like, hmm, this person might need to hear something like this, share this episode with them. I'd really, really appreciate it because my goal is to reach more people like you and share more things about mindset, business and women's health, clinical work, I guess, non-clinical work, whatever, anything women's health basically because I love it. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks so much for being part of our community. I will see you in the next one. Bye.